Hello, friends. Have you ever felt like you knew something in advance? Like maybe you had some type of premonition before it happened? Well, meet Nicole. She's a wonderful and fascinating woman who describes herself as sort of a modern-day prophet, meaning she's someone who can receive channeled messages and premonitions. She was great to talk with. This was stuff that I would have thought before was craziness <laughs> in my, uh, my left brain capacity, but I really enjoyed this interview. Stand by. Again, friends and fellow truth seekers, Mike Nichols here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types like I am, ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life, and ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So let's get started with today's uh, adventure. Today's podcast interview is a very interesting one with uh, Nicole Starbuck. She describes herself as a psychic empath, a quantum energy healer, a spiritual mentor, and a life coach. She has a wonderful story, and she was a lot of fun to interview, and I learned a lot. So here we go. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Soul Unleashed podcast. I'm Mike Nicholas, and I am really excited to have Nicole with me today, Nicole Starbuck. And Nicole, I'm going to just start by reading your bio. I know you've probably heard it before, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read it for my listeners so they have some clue about what you do, and then uh, I look forward to getting into this with you. So Nicole is a psych- psychic empath, quantum energy energy healer, spiritual mentor, and life coach. She's passionate about empowering people to find and pursue their life purpose. By combining modalities such as Akashic Records, Hypnosis, Light Language, Meditation, Past Life Regression, Reiki, and Star Codes, she connects people to their higher selves and heals their fears and anxieties. Man, all that stuff really excites me. When those aspects of ourselves are healed, we can attract abundance and manifest what we truly desire at light speed. Nicole has dedicated her life to enhancing manifestation powers and practicing magic with a K. Did you write that with a K on purpose? Yes, it's to differentiate between uh, show magic, stage magic, and ah, um, cool. metaphysical okay. magic. I figured there was a reason. Yeah. So Nicole has dedicated her life to enhancing manifestation powers and practicing magic. She lives in Houston, Texas with her husband and two children. And when she's not chasing her little ones around the house, she spends her days connecting with crystals and chatting with spirit guides. Nicole, that is awesome. So tell us, how how did you get started in all this? This is a pretty common question. I'll get to the exciting ones later, but how did you get started doing this? Yeah, thank you. And just thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to sharing. So my journey started at a young age. I first discovered my spiritual gift and abilities. Some call it the gift of prophecy. Some call it psychic intuition. But I realized that I have this ability to receive messages from God, source, universe, whatever you like to call it, higher power, when I was nine years old. So I was nine years old coming out of school one day to get picked up. And just out of nowhere, I had this random thought that a bird was going to poop on me. And sure enough, just a couple seconds later, it landed right on my arm. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. One, that's disgusting. Two, I just predicted this. 
I don't know what to do with this information. So I went to the bathroom and washed it off and I was just kind of stunned and I was in shock and I didn't know who I could tell about this because it's kind of like random and crazy, right? And But ever since then, I would have these dreams and these premonitions and predictions and they would actually come true. So I start to see that what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling are actually ha- is actually happening. And I started to get a little bit of scared. One, I thought maybe I was causing these things to happen. And two, I didn't have the resources or support to develop this further. So I grew up in a fairly conservative religious household where um, these types of things were not only not really talked about, but when they were talked about, they were construed as being evil. And I was told that if I used tools like pendulums or tarot cards, that I was going to go to hell. So that was not a very conducive environment for, for spiritual or psychic development. And so I hid my gifts for many, many years. And I ended up having a lot of anxiety because I would get these intuitive hits and downloads and I would see things that would happen and then they would come true, but there wasn't anything I could do about it. And then I ended up having a lot of depression because I wasn't in alignment with my authentic truth. I wasn't able to pursue my soul's mission or soul's purpose. And I didn't really know what that was at the time, but I knew it had something to do with being a highly sensitive person and being an empath. And, um, because of all of that, I ended up having a lot of chronic illness because when you are at dis-ease, you end up with disease. And so I had a lot of health issues and concerns. And this all reached a head when I got to be in my early 20s. I had just graduated from school. I thought I was living the American dream of go to school, get good grades, get a good job. Everything will be fine. I got what was supposedly a great job with benefits in corporate America as an assistant store manager at a major retailer. And I was doing all the quote unquote right things. And it was not okay. I ended up in the hospital in the ER with a panic attack. And that was a wake up call for me that something needed to shift. They were pushing a lot of What uh, what was your religious background? Was it a specific faith? Yeah, I grew up uh, non-denominational Christians, so we went to a lot of Calvary chapels um, because my my parents tended to stay away from um, churches where there was any form of ecstatic dance or speaking in tongues, which now I realize that's a lot of the spirit moving through people. I see that sometimes in churches, and and that's what I can do now is speak in tongues and and channel light language, and so I find that kind of fascinating, but that's, that's where I grew up. So at what age did this happen when you, you said your early twenties? In my early twenties. Yeah. I had a a mental breakdown, which I call the mental breakup with my old self. And um, that was the wake up call for me to shift something because they were pushing psychiatric medication for anxiety and depression. And I just thought there has to be another way. I know people do this and that's fine. And I believe that um, medication and things can have its place when used wisely, but I just felt in my heart that there was something else to this. And so I started my personal growth and development journey of reading books and listening to podcasts, going to seminars, getting mentors. And I did a lot of the mindset stuff, got my body right, because I was also dealing with control issues and controlled eating. It had an eating disorder called orthorexia, which is an obsession with eating healthy food, if you can believe it. There's such a thing. I've never heard of that, but I Yes, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. And so I got, I got my mind right, got my body right, but something was still missing. 
And I felt that it was the soul. It was the spirit. I felt called to get back in touch with my spiritual gifts and abilities, which led to my second spiritual awakening in my later 20s. So fast forward a few years, um, I was at a retreat that just spoke to me. The funny story is I was on Facebook. I saw a group that said, um, I forget the name of the group. I think it was something like Visionary Soul. And I liked the word soul. It resonated with me. So I joined this group and they're hosting a retreat called Soul on Fire. Again, the word soul, it resonated with me. It doesn't make sense, but I start to follow that nudge. I start to follow that niggle and just go down that path. And so something told me to go to this retreat. And I go to this retreat and one of the facilitators just says to me, oh, you're psychic. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you're not supposed to know that. Like, that's my deep, dark secret. Like, no one's supposed to know this. (laughs) And she goes, no, you're psychic. And actually, that's what you're supposed to be doing in the world is developing your psychic gifts and helping others do the same. And I just, it just blew me away. And so with her guidance, we reactivated a part of myself that I had locked away for so many years. She said, energetically, it was literally behind like locks and keys and just so many barriers because I had pushed it down, pushed it down. And so ever since then, which now I think that's been maybe five or six years ago, um, I've been on this path of reawaking myself. My mission is to become the best version of myself so I can empower and encourage others to be the best version of themselves. So that's not what I do professionally is help people shift from anxious to aligned and stressed to blessed by using their psychic intuition. And I believe everyone is psychic. We just lose sight of that over time and through social conditioning. Do you make a differentiation between psychic and mediumship or are they the same thing for you? I do. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because some people use the term interchangeably and, and to me, you can use the word psychic or not. It, some people use the word uh, prophet or seer. Um, but for me and my understanding of it and what I've seen and what I practice is um, a psychic is anyone who can receive messages. A medium specifically receives messages from people who've passed on. So uh, ghosts, spirits, energies, or entities that are, were once on this physical 3D realm that have then passed on, either moved on to the other side and are coming back or have never crossed over. And so it's kind of that thing of all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. So most mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. But you do both. I can do both. So my calling is not necessarily with mediumship. Although if I'm doing a reading or a session for somebody and a spirit comes through like a past grandmother or grandfather or mother or father, I'll absolutely channel that for them. But that's not the focus of, of my work as a psychic. When you receive these messages, I know a little, just a little bit from talking to people, but Claire audience, Claire, Voyant, Claire, whatever, what, how do you receive the messages? Yeah. So for me in particular, and this is something I teach in our psychic school for, for psychic development, I receive messages through clear cognizance, which is clear knowing, clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. So I'll either know something instinctively or I will actually see like it looks like a almost like a pop-up alert text message in my brain of an image or a, like a movie reel. It looks like a movie preview or sometimes it's actual words pop up in my head as if it were being delivered from an outside source, which is source. Um, Or I have something called clairsentience where I will actually feel something in my body. So if someone is, say, experiencing an ache, a pain, an ailment condition, if I'm in their aura, I will actually feel what it is that they're feeling. Can you you give us maybe an example of where you've used that gift 
to help somebody? Yeah. So I was doing a healing session for a woman and I could feel in her field that there was something because I could feel it in my lower chakras for anyone that doesn't know the chakras is the energy centers of the body. And we have seven going from the base of our spine all the way to the top. So I could feel in my lower center, um, the base of my pelvis, essentially, where as a woman, I have a womb area. There was some, there was some trauma there because I could feel like, I could feel like a pain there. And so I asked her during this session if, if anything had ever happened to her in that way. And then she just like, she broke down in tears and she said, yes, this thing happened to me a long time ago. And like, now I have all these issues with my cycle because, because of what happened. And, and so I was able to then and help her release and energetically clear that using some quantum energy healing techniques. But I felt it first. I felt that in my body, which led to me asking her and then opening up that energy for her to release that. How do you, how do you deal with, um, some people call it imposter syndrome, but how, how do you know that it's coming from someplace outside of you versus something just in your head? Oh, I love that question. Yeah. How do you know if it's you or if it's source? Yes. Um, so I teach something called an energetic signature, which help you, helps you to differentiate between what is your energy and what is someone else's. So when I am receiving a message, I have something in my human design, which is called a triple split. So I will feel it in my gut, feel it in my heart or feel it in my head. Now, people get kind of confused with the head is that they're getting thoughts, they clear cognizance coming through. If they're getting thoughts, how do you know if that's actually you or if that's actually spirit? And so here is how I differentiate. I look at myself as a channel for grace. So I'm just energetically open and thoughts, feelings, messages are just constantly coming through unless I energetically say, okay, spirit, I'm done. So it's coming through and then I will get a thought or a download or an idea and I will know its source if it's going to act out of love or act out of faith to push me forward, to help me to move forward or to help someone else move forward. Now, what we sometimes get confused is we have other sources of information coming in, such as our ego or the news, social media, our parents, our partners, the school system, religious structures. So we have all these other energies of entities. So yourself could be talking to yourself, but also all these other energies. And how people typically feel this is as something like a buzzing around them. If you're starting to like ruminate and buzz and cycle over and over about a particular thought, probably not from source because that kind of contracting energy is going to, to want you to withdraw, to keep yourself small, to keep yourself safe and essentially keep yourself stuck. So that's the first thing is to assess where am I feeling this in my body? If you are feeling it in your head, is that coming through as a vision or is that coming through as like a voice, like almost like an angel or a devil on your shoulder? Is that coming through as a voice? that maybe is not actually saying something that's for your greatest good. Is it saying something that is acting out of fear? I, I, I ask that because I know some people that, that do struggle with that are just starting to develop their gifts and they, they struggle with where that thought is coming from. Well, I do too. I mean, I, I meditate and write things down that I think I hear. So I, I struggle with that too. Do you, can you see auras or do you deal with auras? Yeah, I can see them. 
occasionally if that's what I'm looking for. Typically, I tend to see more what's happening inside of the body than outside of it. But if someone has a particularly poignant energy, for example, um, very low vibration or very high vibration, I tend to pick up more on the extremes. And, and Me personally. Yeah. So that's, would you call it empathy or an empath gift? I wouldn't necessarily call that the ability to see auras as an empathic gift. For me, an empathic gift is something where we can feel it within our bodies, where we're using our bodies as a channel. I see like the seeing of auras as more a form of the clairvoyance, which is the clear okay. seeing. So let me ask you a more personal question because <laughs> as you're talking, I'm thinking about this. So you're a mother. You have two children. I do. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with this gift and having children or being just being a mom? How does that, does it help you or do they get in the way or how does that work? Yeah. I was thinking about this this morning. So I'm glad you asked. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the kids in just a moment. So my, my kids are two and a half years. Actually, she's closer to three. Let's just be real. She's closer to three by this point. <laughs> and um, let's just call it what it is. And then my son is, 10 months. Yeah. I lose oh, track because wow. I don't want him to get older either. So he's 10 months. And um, what I was reflecting on earlier is I feel like having this ability, this sense of intuition, and of course we could also call it mother's instinct to a degree, but I think it is also the, t the telepathic aspect is I can essentially predict what my kids are going to need one because I'm their mom, but also because I can, I can feel their energy. I can feel their thoughts. I can, they're, it's like, they're sending me signals that I know, okay, that's what they need. And I've been playing around with this with my daughter who is at two and a half or almost three showing signs of these gifts because I know what the baby needs. So then I'll ask her, her name is Sophie. I'll say, Sophie, what is it that Fletcher, my son, what is it that the baby needs? And she'll say, Oh, he wants water. Or, oh, he wants food or, Oh, he has a, he has a poopy diaper and she'll be right because I already know what he needs. And so she, because she, she's not tracking his sleep and his cycles and all that. She just instinctively knows what it is because they are also in connection and they have a telepathic connection. So um, that's pretty interesting. And then the other thing about uh, the children and the, and the gifts is I can see in my husband who is, is in my world, but doesn't necessarily practice this personally, um, can see that my daughter can connect with spirits. So we have in our home a couple of different portals where some different energies and entities come through. And we know enough about this to know what to do to protect our homes. So we're only inviting in anything benevolent, not keep bringing in anything that's going to be harmful. Um, but we'll hear her in her room, like talking to, and it's, it's a little difficult to understand her because she's two and a half. And also I feel that she's speaking what some people would call speaking in tongues or speaking light language. So she's talking to them. And then there was this instance where she would be calling for me when I would put her down for bed. So we do the night routine, you know, give her a snack and drink some water and brush her teeth and read a book and go upstairs, you know, we do all that. Mm -hmm. And she'd be laying in bed and she would just say, mama, mama. And I'm like, I'm, I'm right here. Like, what do you need? Mama, mama. She was doing this for like a week or two. And I thought, well, we gotta, we gotta do something about this because it's freaking me out. Right. <laughs> and so it occurred to me, well, let's connect like soul to soul. So I look at her like in the eyeballs and I'm connecting to her like at a soul level and I'm asking her soul, you know, telepathically, what do you need? And her soul told me, 
light language. She wants me to do light language. And so for anyone that doesn't know, light language is considered to be the language of the angels and it can be channeled through in a number of different ways. It can be sung, it can be spoken, it can be written, or it can be signed like with your hands as if um, you were moving your hands and, and creating energy or moving energy with your hands. And so she says light language and, and I know that she means with my hands. And so I start going into her, her, her chakras and I feel called to do a protection over her. I feel called to do a protection over the room and I go to leave the room and I, I hear her again telepathically say to do the door. So I go to protect the door using this light language on the door. And I could see again, the, the clairvoyance coming through, I could see the door light up. It looked like something out of a movie, you know, where they like press a button and all of a sudden it lights up magically. Like it looked like that. And it was just the coolest thing. And ever since then, she stopped doing that because there were some nights where she was actually screaming, mama, 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 like trying to get my attention. And she stopped. Now, obviously, it doesn't worry you that she has these gifts because you understand them, right? Yes. I mean, these are the kind of things probably that would worry parents that don't that don't understand, well, maybe your own parents that, that cause people to try and hide these things. Yeah. So you are obviously encouraging her and trying to help her as she deals with this, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I guess the concern now would be as she's getting older and I'm, I am, and my husband is encouraging her to develop these as she feel called, like not pressuring her, like, Oh, you have to go and be like psychic and spiritual, like mommy, like that's not the vibe either. Um, but just leaving that door open, that invitation open. Um, we do live in, in Houston, Texas, where uh, my husband has all of his family. And so they don't understand this. Like they kind of know what I do, but they don't talk about it. It's like, well, if we don't ask, it doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, there are times where she's alone with grandma or alone with grandpa. And, and um, we, we've been starting to have these kinds of conversations of like, we're open to everything. So as she's saying, you know, she can talk to imaginary friends. And I say imaginary friends with quotes because maybe she's really seeing spirits. Um, Let's not discredit that. Let's not discount that or tell her she's making stuff up or make her feel bad or tell her that she shouldn't talk about that either. So there's, we need to be having these kinds of conversations too. I I was going to ask you about that because now you've touched on it. So what, what do your larger extended family, do they understand what you do or how do you deal with that? Yeah, they absolutely don't. They really don't. Um, (laughs) So my mother and I have had some conversations because, I mean, these have been tough conversations, right? Because again, going back to childhood, if you use pendulum and tarot cards, that's evil. That's witchcraft. You're going to hell. Right. And they don't, they don't understand. These are just extensions of their tools. They're extensions of you, which is, you already know the answer. It's just allowing you to see it. And I've, I've had enough practice now where I don't actually need tools to, to be able to see things or do things. Um, so we've had those conversations and I said, look, mom, like prophecy is in the Bible. It's a God given gift. It's one of the spiritual gifts. I have that gift. It's still very much alive today. And I use it to help myself. I use it to help my family and I use it to help other people. So how could that possibly be bad? Right. And so we've had those conversations. And then my extended family, when they ask what I do, it's not that I have anything to hide, but generally I just, you know, I say, they're like, the housework. That's great. I tell them I'm a coach. I help people. Like, that's what I do. Um, But they don't understand. They don't understand. Nicole, is it possible to, um, 
to to provide some type of an example of what light language is or what it sounds like or I may mean, have heard of it but I've never heard it or seen it yeah it sounds like nonsense I'll do some for you in a minute it sounds like nonsense it sounds like gibberish so you're not gonna know what it means if you ask me what it means I actually don't know what it means it's channeled so it comes through and then it does whatever it needs to do in your field or in your body to energetically shift and rearrange whatever wants to move through. So if I were going to channel, say, for you, Mike, you know, I would close my eyes and I'd, you're putting me on the spot a little bit, but that's fine. I love that you're asking this question. And I'm just going to preface that I think I mentioned before we popped on. Sometimes when I do this, it actually cuts out the connection. So hopefully we're, we're good there. So if I were going to go in, I would just ground my energy. So I'm connecting into the deep earth, taking a deep breath, (sighs) connecting to the sky above. So imagining I'm connecting into all the celestial energy and I'm opening up that channel again. It's always open, but I'm just opening up more. And then if I have your permission to connect in with your energy. Please. Yes. So then I'm going to go into your field and then I'm just going to start channeling. We could do some more here, but that's just a little little taste. Of what that could, what that, that is, could be. That is awesome. It's very graceful the way you move your hands. Yes, thank you. Although it's not, it's not me. It's being channeled. Um. So, so something to understand about that is the light language that comes through me versus the light language that could come through someone else. There's really no comparison because we are all unique. We all have different star seed origins, and the flavor can be different. So, I have a friend who does light language, and it's very like almost like the Hawaiian type of dancing is much Mm -hmm. more out and graceful and fluid that way. I have one um, friend that she does it more like, like kind of like that more mechanical Uh, mine is somewhere in between those two, how it's spoken can be different. So one of one of my mentors that we work with light language, she does more vowels. So like, Ooh, ah, like that type of language. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen, light language or I've heard light language it's more click click clicky based so yeah I, the clicky type is um my one of my nephews has a lady friend that does this or she does nothing like you do but she was talking in light language and has abilities of some kind and she was doing more clicking when she was uh I, I was just starting this journey right yeah four or five years ago I thought everybody was a nut job that thought this stuff so no yeah. offense but you would have been out there for me um, <laughs> and you know, I do this. My husband has seen what light language does with our daughter, and he knows that I speak it, and he still thinks it's weird. Like he calls <laughs> he calls my mentor the voodoo lady that speaks that funny language. Like that's not, that's not what that is. Um, are you curious to know what was going on in your field when I was channeling that oh, for you? Of course, please. okay. So I could feel the roots of your story and your origins and, and what happened with your family and inspiring this journey of starting this podcast, but it wasn't holding you back in any way. It was actually as if um, 
you were floating, like your energy was floating. And a lot of that was pulled forward by the heart. So it was kind of like the image that came through was, um, I mean, not to compare you to Jesus, but I have this image of Jesus when he was ascending back into the heavens after being, um, after rising after the third day. So he was rising up and that was the image that was coming through as you were rising up and everything that has happened to you was actually coming up with you and not holding you back in any way. That is awesome. You know, we're going to have to do a session, like a real session where I, I, I'm going to ask you towards the end of our interview here, how people can find you. And I will definitely, uh, I will definitely do that because I'm still on this journey to learn. Speaking of, speaking of Jesus, do you, what is Jesus to you or how does that work in your current understanding? Yeah. I love that you asked that. Um, There are some people that believe, and I totally get it, that we, we can't combine Christ consciousness and the cosmos, or some people call it the cauldron, um, that these are two mutually exclusive energies. And for me, Jesus is a beautiful ascended master and one of many ascended masters that we could learn from. And for me personally, again, I respect other people's beliefs, but for me, the Bible is not the only source of truth. I believe that all of the religions have some semblance of truth and that that's why we are all on this journey towards ascension is we're piecing together to, to make the big T truth of what it is. And what it is for me is that there is no separation between us and the divine. I think so many of these structures have created this distance between us and our creator, us as our maker, us and our source, because it's about power and control. Because if we believe that we are powerful and that we have the power to create our own reality, then we're not going to put up with the things that societies have typically pushed upon its people. Have you, this is still in the spiritual kind of after death kind of thing. Have you come across any evidence for either heaven or hell? Yeah. uh, I've been reflecting on this and I, I can't really have the conversation about heaven or hell without talking about reincarnation. So I believe that energy is never, is not created or destroyed that it is continually being alchemized and transmuted. So I believe that after death, our spirits ascend to the, to the heavens, quote unquote, not the big age heaven, but the cosmos heavens. And that we then have a choice to come back to earth or to stay there. And so somebody was asking me, well, why would you, why would you want to come back to earth if you're already in heaven, right? What's the, if you're already in the perfect divine, why would you leave? And, and I thought, my thinking is that, well, why wouldn't you want more people to come back? So if, if you as a soul has felt like you have not completed your mission, that there are more people, more people to reach, then you would come back and reincarnate. Remember who you are as a spiritual being and then bring more people back to ascend with you and keep doing that until your mission is fulfilled. I actually think I was thinking about that because the definition of hell is we're, we're taught growing up in these, in these religious structures is the, a place where the same punishment is inflicted over and over and over again. And I thought, well, isn't that what happens in life in this life? When you have these patterns and these cycles that pe- for most people don't heal from, and they end up re- going through the same situation over and over and over again. Isn't that the definition of hell? So I actually am thinking that, that heaven is where we go when we die, we come back, but we come back to earth, which is hell to help other people come back to heaven. Have you come across any type of 
concept of final judgment or justice. And, and I'm thinking about people that have suffered, you know, specifically maybe parents who have lost a child to mm. murder or, yeah. you know, they've suffered terribly pain here. And, and for a lot of people, the redeeming factor in their belief is that, well, when they, that evil person dies, God's going to mete out justice. They're going to spend the rest of eternity in hell. Um, and that provides some sense of comfort to people here in this life. Mm. Have, have you encountered that at all? Or how do you think that works? That's such a great question. And you're getting me to think maybe there is justice in the sense that typically it's like one to 2% of the population that, that thinks and feels the way we do that believes that we're star seeds and that we're here for a greater purpose and on a mission and on a vision. And so that 98%, for example, not that everyone that's of the 98% is, is say, um, you know, a murderer or anything like that, but they just don't come back. Is it possible? It's a possibility. You you're opening up my eyes to see it from a different perspective. And I, I think ultimately we don't know. We don't really know. And that's I, I, what makes I, the journey so beautiful. I know no one knows. It's, it's just that I struggle as I'm going through this journey. And I think people that listen to this podcast do listen too, because many of us were raised traditionally Christian, traditional religion. And, and the things that you're talking about now that I'm starting to believe in, conflict sometimes directly with what the Bible says or with what, what we were raised. And yeah. so yes, to say all religions have maybe a piece of the truth. I, I believe that too, but, but I, I have a tough time wrestling with the lack of any type of justice, mm. the lack of, I know people personally, they're going to listen to this podcast that have suffered the loss of children, particularly yeah. through violence. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't know what comfort they derive from anything that, we provided so far. Yeah. So I don't know if you hear the thunder or not. I do. It's coming. <laughs> um, can you can you explain the concept of star seed? Because you mentioned it twice now. Yeah. And I've heard it, but I but probably it's something you might want to explain. Yeah. So the the thinking behind star seeds is that there are different origins based on the star systems and the solar system that we at one point that's where we came from is this is the stars we came from the heavens and so you can have one of any number of these origins or a combination of some depending on what you come through so my star seed origin is the vega star from the lyra constellation i have friends who are pleiadian i have friends who are arcturians and these are different star seed origins that some people believe are like extraterrestrial life. So we are somehow come from the heavens. We come down and reincarnate, 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 and we go back into the heavens in between lives and continue reincarnating until we felt like we've pursued our soul's mission. So we, you could say that we are extraterrestrial life if, if you want to go there. I, and I've heard that ex expression and I've heard other people that channel Arcturians or Pleiadians or, and there's people whose whole mission seems to be to channel those beings. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that you think is origin wise, either accurate or a possibility. 
I think that we are the light workers in this world are star seeds that we, we have one of those origins. And um, I would say too, it's just information. Sometimes people get caught up on a particular practice or modality or a title or a label or role. And and they look at it like their whole identity. So for me, it's information. It's not like, Oh, I'm like, I'm Liren. So that's all I do is just do Liren stuff. Like that's not the vibe. It's the same as like, you wouldn't base your whole life around just your astrological sign. Like I'm a Pisces. So I wouldn't base every decision around whether or not that's the Pisces thing to do. Um, Same with human design, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, you wouldn't necessarily only do something if it fit in with your human design. These are just pieces of the puzzle. Same with anything else, like a Myers-Briggs test for your personality type. You wouldn't base your whole life around what Myers-Briggs says about you. This is just ways of understanding yourself. So as we make sense of the world that we're living in, because again, we're remembering who we are in this 3D world, it just helps other things to make sense. Do you think that there are aliens now like, I mean, just recently, of course, people were testifying in front of Congress about uh, aerial phenomena, I guess, whatever they call it. Yeah. But do you think that that's related to what, what's going on or something I th- separate? I think I think they do. Um, one, because I can I can feel it. And two, I've I've seen it in the sense of the clairvoyance. I've seen it. So one of the one of the healing sessions I did. At a retreat, we were we were um, doing a quantum energy healing on one of the gals, and her lineage was Arcturian, which is people have put visuals to what these different starseed origins are, and what they have channeled is the typical alien that we see with kind of the upside down egg shaped face and kind of the blue bodies and just kind of you know with the long fingers in the in the spaceships. That's the Arcturians, and so her starseed family actually came through as I was doing the healing. And I wasn't the only one that saw it. There was a couple other psychic empaths in the room and they're like, Oh my gosh, do you see this like spaceship coming in? And they, it was like an army. Like they, they visually came into the room and then behind them was a whole army of other essentially alien looking creatures. And they were, they were telling her like, it's not time to come home because she felt so out of place her whole life. And, and they were saying like, you're one of us and it's not time to come home yet. You're, you're here for a mission. You need to finish your mission. So yeah, I absolutely believe that. Nicole, Nicole, we could do a whole podcast just about that episode. <laughs> have you, have you written anything book wise or? Oh yeah. So I have one book out that I self published and didn't do a great job of marketing, but it's called, um, stress size, which is a play on words of dress oh, I saw size. The cover of that. That's yeah. Pretty, so very that's, clever, uh, very clever design. Uh, stress cover. size, how my hunger for control almost killed me. And that's about the beginning of my journey where I, not the beginning, but the part of my journey where I was having those control issues and then disordered eating. And I had the ER, um, experience and there are at least, just off the top of my head, three or four other manuscripts. Some have started, some I haven't, that I want to continue this because that book leaves off with there has to be something more. And then like, okay, but now I know what the something more is, so let's get something more out there. Um, I have another book that I'm working on um, for helping people shift from anxious to aligned that takes a much more left brain approach to anxiety we touch on some of the intuition, but I would like for there to be another book 
about the psychic intuition. Like, how do you know? Like, like you talk about all the psychic experiences that I've had. And then um, I do quite a bit of podcast interviews and I do a lot of uh, master classes and courses and programs. So it's not necessarily in book form, um, but I, I talk and teach about this stuff all day long, awesome. every day. Yeah. Can you, I, I could talk to you for a lot longer than this, but I, I just don't want to get, let's just go too long, but can you just explain magic and, and what that concept is? You said it's not show magic. So what kind of magic do you do? Yeah. So I love that you asked this question because this tends to ruffle feathers too, especially in certain circles and spiritual communities. So for me, magic is harnessing the energy that is already moving all around you and through you in a tangible physical form. And so um, for me, if we were to relate this to like, well, how does that like correlate or how do you reconcile with that with the Bible? I get that question a lot. Um, Miracles, which Jesus performed, which the disciples performed, which still happen today to me is magic. Magic as a practice, some people construe it as being um, dark or evil, and it can be, there can be dark or evil energies. If you allow that, I personally don't. I work with something called light magic or white magic, where um, I am only channeling what's for the greatest good of all. I will never intentionally do any harm for anyone. And so again, going back to the tools, you don't have to use tools to do magic. If you are setting a positive intention, you are doing magic. If you're doing affirmations, you're doing an incantation, you are speaking aloud what you want to call into your life, you are doing magic. Some people think that magic is like doing herbs and and oils and doing the candle. It can be. Or the big cauldron. Yeah, or stirring the cauldron, yes. (laughs) And it can be. But that's not what does it. It's not the candles, it's not the oils, it's not the herbs or the cauldron that make the magic. It's you recognizing, you bringing your awareness to you are a channel for grace, you are a channel for manifestation, and you are declaring that intention either verbally or in your thoughts and your actions and behaviors. Are you a proponent of, you've already mentioned it, so I assume you are the concept of manifestation? Yes. Thoughts become things, though, that yes. thing? Okay. Yeah, because everything is energy and your thoughts have energy too. Your thoughts are very powerful. Okay. Man. Um, we should probably stop now, but if, if you're open to doing another interview later, Anytime. Uh, Anytime. you are fascinating. So, um, I, I really appreciate your time. Thank can you, you so tell, much for having me. Can you tell uh, my audience how they can find you? And I'll put all these links and everything in the, in the show notes for the, the podcast and everything, but how do they, how do they find what you do and how can they get help from you? Yeah, I love that question. If you just want to say hello, you can catch me on Instagram. That's Instagram.com slash Nicole.Starbuck. So that's N-I-C-O-L-E with a little dot in the middle between my first and last name, last name Starbuck, like the coffee, but without the S (laughs) at the end. And then I also have a free Facebook group called The Conscious Collective, which is for like-minded kindred spirits. Come and play. So that's facebook.com slash groups slash Oracle Academy. And I will spell that for you because it's a little play on words. Oracle Academy spelled like Aura, which is A-U-R-A-C-L-E Academy. And then if you want to check out the courses and programs that I offer or book a session, you can find that at oracleacademy.com. Same spelling, A-U-R-A-C-L-E 
academy.com. I'm glad you spelled that because I definitely would have misspelled that. Yeah, it's definitely on words. It's a little <laughs> bit clever. I like puns and things like that. If you get to know me, you know, I like funny memes and I'm always posting funny stuff in the group that relates to spiritual growth and development. <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you. You're a lot of fun. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And uh, I, I, of course, wish you well. And uh, with your, I, I heard your children or at least one of them in the background a couple of times. So yeah. I'm sure she's... Uh, She's, she's there participating some way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thanks, Nicole. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for listening. As a postscript, I just want to add that after this interview, I scheduled a session with Nicole, and I found it to be very helpful for me and extremely interesting. So if you think that she can help you, her links are in the, uh, the show notes that I attach to every podcast that I do. Again, my podcasts are targeted towards left brain types like me, whose rigid view of life restricts us from considering things outside of maybe the tightly organized spiritual paradigms that we either grew up with or we built for ourselves. So can you do me a favor? Can you hit the subscribe button wherever you download this podcast? That way you'll never miss an episode. I have the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. Again, that link will be in the show notes. But it's kind of cool to see Nicole do the light language thing uh, with video. More importantly, if you'd be nice enough to leave a review for the podcast, that'd be great. It'll help other seekers such as yourself find this podcast more easily. And that's what I'm looking for is more awesome people like you. So thank you again. Until next time. Bye-bye.